Nine rounds of golf for $90? Yep. The Minnesota Golf Passport is back and available now at TomBernardShow.com. As a golf passport card holder, you're entitled to nine 18-hole rounds of golf for just one low price of $90. Supplies are limited, so just go to TomBernardShow.com and type keyword passport. A $300 golf value for just 90 bucks. Now you got it. TomBernardShow.com. Keyword passport. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show. The Tom Bernard Morning Show. Streamed every morning on the Tom Bernard Show app. And anytime, on demand, wherever you get your podcasts. She mentioned that big old voice thing. Somebody sent me a, they have a recording of me from like, I don't know, many, many years ago. Back when I was just kind of in the business. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know my mouth any more than this when I talked. Yeah. My voice was like this all the time. So here's another great song coming up on 1500 KSDP. What a... You sound like I was dozing off, for Christ's sake. You sound like every teenager that I'm around all oh, the time, Oh, yeah, always. they mumble now, yeah. They are, like, they're not allowed to show that they're excited about anything. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. you're And right. so they go, I go, hey, you want to go do this? Yeah. What? What the hell did you just say? How the That's hell true. am I supposed to train? Will you text me it's your true. answer? <sighs> it's all true, sister. That's all I have to say, ladies and gentlemen. On the phone, joining us now live, Dave Bialke, brought to you by Bialke Law Firm. Hurt at work. Dave Bialke goes to work for you, taking care of your workers' comp injury claims and denials. Go to B-I-A-L-K-E-Law.com. Tell them Tommy sent you. How'd you Dave, how'd you ever talk Bialke Law into sponsoring you? How'd that ever happen? <laughs> they're, they're just good people over there. That's what it is. It's all the good people. <laughs> they just people. look me up, yeah. All the Speaking fine good people. people it, it sounds like uh, you know it's it's what eight o'clock or nine o'clock here. Uh, back in the mother country, it's it's what three o'clock. You all sound like you're you're over there in Britain. Thank you. The mother country. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I suppose it is three o'clock. Is it a six hour swing? Is that right? Six seven hours, depending on time yep. of the year. De- depending on the, yeah, I, I lived there for a year, and I never. Oh. Every one of you are are doing in the British accent better than I could ever, and I lived there a year. Well. We're, not Tevin. I won't even try it. Yeah, Tevin sucks. First of all, okay. I was the best one out of anybody that opened their mouth today on the show. So, Oh, my God. I think and, he's lost and, his mind. He's lost his mind. <laughs> to, to answer one question, the accent over there that is most difficult to understand is in Birmingham. Birmingham, yeah. that's exactly right. Very good, sir. Oh, When you're over there, you can have a, a town... 20, kil- or 20 miles away. They can do miles over there. 20 miles away, and you can notice a difference in accent. Sure. Oh, it's yeah. that close. Uh, but uh, Birmingham, I had a friend over there, and we went out to a pub one night, and so then it gets a little louder. After a while, it was like I didn't, I didn't even know English. I mean, I couldn't understand a word <laughs> anyone was saying. They were all talking with marbles in their mouth, and it was, just, it was amazing. But Birmingham is the, the thickest accent. In England itself, then you get into Scotland and it gets more, uh, even worse. But in England proper, Birmingham is by far the worst. But Dave, I got to be honest with you. As a young boy, I was like, what, 18, 19 years old, moved to Grand Forks. I could not understand a damn word they were saying in Grand Forks. <laughs> I mean, you leave North Minneapolis, you go to Grand Forks, and it's like, I was talking to a guy yesterday and he told me that. I was like, what the hell are they saying? <laughs> I couldn't understand them. It was unbelievable. But I got used to it, so that was good. Mm-hmm. So why did you move to England for a year? It was my last year of college. Oh, okay. Ah. One of those deals back then, yeah. It was uh, two of us went over there, and we spent a year, like nine months over there. And it was it was quite an experience. I, I really enjoyed it. And I've been back oh, probably seven, eight times since then. Uh, I really enjoy Britain. Oh, I do, too. The fam- We took the family over there when the kids were little. And... <laughs> Typical my family, though. We're in the, the Tower of London, okay? And all of a sudden, we can't find Andy anywhere. And then all of a sudden, we hear this. I look over, and he went behind, hid, hid behind a knight, you know, the, oh the armor. Mm-hmm. So he couldn't hear him. But it made the fart even louder. I love <laughs> that, like, you are telling this story to a man who's going to be here in an hour. He'll be here in about a half an hour. Yeah, in about an hour. You're right. <laughs> Poor guy. 
I, I, based on the noise, I thought that was going to go a completely different yeah, direction. Yeah, I was, I was like, what was he doing behind there? <laughs> what? Wait a minute. I'm so confused. I thought you said he was about to like pop a squat and yeah. just let That's her rip. That's what he was saying. No, he farted. He farted, yeah. yeah. No, I thought he was like, Pooping? yes, yeah. taking oh, a number two. I kind of thought he was. On the streets of London. Yeah. You know, I never looked, so he may have been. Because was he young enough in diapers or no? No, he was not in diapers. He's like a 13 years old. Oh, never mind. I had the imagery of like a young Andy <laughs> going behind there to poop. Right. That's, so, yeah, we're all on I the thought. same page. But I understand. Wrong. I understand. Right. And all the workers just rolled their eyes. Oh, another American know. that, you know, that's farting behind the, the, the night there. Yeah, here yeah. we go again. It's absolutely true. So Dave, what's they have the no respect for us over there. So, well, that's true. You are that. They're nice to you. They're very, very pleasant to you, but eh, not a lot of respect are, for yeah. America. You're right. So, what's the latest in your life? Uh, not, not a whole lot. This weekend, I'm going to Denver with a friend of mine to see the Vikings. We always go to two or three uh, away games every year, and you know we we have season tickets. We all sit together at the the game itself in town here but we go to two or three away games and and this is one of them it should be fun now have you been in denver quite often i a few times never for um i saw the twins there part of my when i did the mm-hmm. bucket list to see the twins i did that years ago and i've been there a couple times since for other reasons uh but i've never been to a football game there so we'll we'll check it out it should be fun god yeah so do you guys head out like on friday or saturday uh, Saturday night. Saturday night, okay. Yeah, Saturday night. The game is on Sunday night, so we'll have all day Sunday at the game, or at, you know, d- downtown Denver proper, and then go to the game Saturday, uh, Sunday night and then fly back on on Monday morning. Well, I'm going to have a hell of a week, a hell of a weekend. I didn't realize that because on Saturday night, I'm going to see the Eagles at the, at the stadium, and... Uh, I'll get home probably 11 o'clock at night Saturday. And now you would let me know that the Viking game is a night game, so I'll get to bed about 11 o'clock again Sunday night. Yep, it's a – I think the time is 7.30 hour time, I think. Yeah, it is. I oh, thought it's, yeah, 7.20, yeah. but okay. yeah. So it's 11 so o'clock. Time, I think that's 6.30, I think, when we're out there. Something like that. So, yeah, yeah, the game, so the game will end right around 11.30 then probably, 11, mm-hmm. somewhere in there. I would never stay up that late. How dare you? Well, not 11.30, 10.30, so I'll get to bed about 11. What, you would never stay up late like what? No, like I would be, I, that's a hard one because you know you're going to find the results out, so I get where you're coming from, but a lot of times I just record things when they're that late. That's so late. i got to support my new guy. Also, you're going to know, like, that's there's not a chance you're not going to know spoilers, so you kind of have to stay up, I guess. I do. I have to stay up. There's no question. Yeah. So what do you think of the new guy, Dave? Uh, very impressive I, so far. Uh, we were very nervous going in the game last week, uh, but first uh, because it could go either way. There's been a lot of flashes in the pan over the years that they go one way, you know, they're all, you know, excited, and then they just fall on their face. Uh, it's, it's a tough business, uh, but he, for the first half last week, really played well. The second half, and I was talking to I'm, uh, Bob Sansevier, I'm on his show on Monday, and he disagrees with me on this. I, I think that uh, O'Connell, he was very critical of uh, O'Connell and uh, about going conservative second half. I think what he's doing is that we got a big lead here. He didn't want to injure him because if, yeah. what, you know, if he runs out and then he injures himself, then we're putting Sean Mannion in. Oh, then you know that you know there's <laughs> the lights are out after that. So uh, I I think that's what he did. But um, we talked about that. Uh, Bob just thought that he should have kept the, the the foot on the gas pedal. And you know I, I understand where he's coming from. But so that was last week. Um, I, this week I think he plays a complete game, and I think that we we get our first win that's not a uh, a single. Uh, score win, which is like almost every game for the last 20 games the Vikings either lost or won single score. So I, I don't think that happens this week. I think we play better even though we're we're uh, underdogs according to Vegas, but we were last week too. So They have see, they kind of surprises me. So Denver because Denver's not very good this year, are they? Well, they've really come about. Uh, oh, okay. Earlier this season they were playing horribly. They had yes. a, a terrible loss in Miami. Uh, it set up, you know, one more score and would have been an all-time NFL record of a point differential. 
it would have happened, but the uh, Dolphins actually laid down at the very end. Oh, uh, so yeah, so they are terrible earlier in the season, and they've really come about. They've won three straight, in, including a big win on. Uh, they completely dominated Kansas City, and then they went out to Buffalo on Monday night. A weird game, but still, even though it was a weird game, you go into Buffalo and you win. That's a big deal. So they're coming along very strongly. Uh, they they got a miserable coach. That Sean Payton, the guy used to be at uh, sure. at uh, New Orleans, one of the most miserable guys that's ever been <laughs> affiliated with the NFL. So if we, if we can beat them, that uh, that would just be so so good. I got to ask you though, because I did not know that. I he he kind of has an attitude on the sidelines. I noticed, but it, in person, he's not a very not a sterling character. I, I don't know in person. I just know that he's he's. He's a cheater. You know, he was the one True. back in 2009 with the, the Bounty Gate. And uh, since then, I mean, just one thing after the other. He was the one. He made a comment on Denver that, uh, you know, that when he got hired as a coach. Well, they were really bad last year. But what they need is a good coach. They had a terrible coach oh, last year. And God. Then, and that, <laughs> so that obviously didn't go over very well. He's just a, he's just a horrible man, you know. So yeah. he's a, a pretty good coach. So. It all yeah. works out in the end. Uh, in any case, so any the as far as uh, you know, Bialki, the law firm. How are things going? Everything uh, you taking care of the uh, the people, keeping them safe. Uh, that's that's what I do. Everyone comes to me. I get whatever the best result, whether it's uh, uh, resolution of the claim, which most cases settle in some manner. But uh, we go to hearing. This is all I do is workers' compensation. So I certainly know what I do for thirty one years and take care of my clients. Everything's going fine. And they can reach you how? Uh, you can either call me at 763-571-2410 or send me an email. Go to my website. Um, you can click on that. There's a contact. Uh, that's bielkelaw.com, B-I-A-L-K-E-L-A-W.com. Or uh, just uh, do an email to me directly, dbielke, D-B-I-A-L-K-E, at, again, bielkelaw.com. All right. Will you commit to uh, admitting to saying that you will be talking about a winner at this time next week? I absolutely commit that. Yeah, you got to. Sometimes you just got to take a stand, and absolutely. I love it, Dave. Thank you for your time this morning, sir. You're welcome. Have, Have a good day. day, everyone. Ladies and gentlemen, on the phone was Dave Bielke, brought to you by Bielke Law Firm. Heard at work, Dave Bielke goes to work for you, taking care of your workers' comp injury claims and denials. Go to B-I-A-L-K-E-Law.com. Tell them the time he sent you. i got to get that phone number on here, too. He's an yeah. interesting cat. I feel like we just always keep finding more and more layers to this guy. Well, he's a really good guy. Like a year in England? Okay. Yeah, why, why didn't I get to do that? I don't know. I'm out of the mix. You, you never went to college. I never even finished high Well, I did finish high school. I tested out at 16, though. I didn't go the last two years. There's a lot I, of, I went to homeroom. I did do that. There's a lot of things you can do in college that none of us got to do. I was there one day, so I, that was good. Yeah, I don't think there's any study abroad for one day. <laughs> no no study abroad for one day. <laughs> Studying maybe yeah. a lady yeah. <laughs> abroad, get it? Oh, that's what you oh, did. Oh, God. Wait, 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 wait. There we go. Yeah, good. Do you have also a sound effect that shows spiraling down into hell? Like, where's my big hook where people just grab me and pull me off stage? <laughs> hey, good idea. Leave Brittany Ooh, who alone. Who is that crying? I heard that. It's uh, Chris. Leave Brittany alone. Leave Brittany alone. Chris I can't remember his name, but yeah, Chris something. Oh, the kid laying on the bed? Yeah. yeah. He's like in a sheet. He is in a sheet, isn't he? I can't remember why I was looking him up the other day. I think we were talking about him on the show. Or we were talking about Brittany, and I got into the, like him doing yeah. that video, and apparently she did not like his video, and it put him in a quote-unquote oh. very dark place because oh. Britney Spears rejected his oh. video. That's crazy. Yeah, but she's nuts, isn't she? Hey, take it easy. Well, she uh, is, I think. Isn't I'm reading she? her I book mean, right now. She's got, definitely has some mental health issues that she's struggling with. Her parents. Oh, I know. I mean, can you come back from that? No. no. Yeah, there you go. I think her mindset is that of a teen because that's when she became famous and then all those things happened to her. So I don't know if she's nuts, but she's definitely got a regressed mind. Does that make sense? Like, I definitely feel like when the way she posts and is, like, dancing around with knives and things yeah. like that, I'm like, that's, like, something a teenager would do yeah, or, like, a child. It's almost like a cult 
type situation. She was withheld from reality, and now she's coming out and figuring out how the world works. She's eccentric. I'm fine with her being eccentric. Mm -hmm. Everyone's got opinions about her being half naked on Instagram. It's like, I don't care. Like, if that's the word, if she's a bajillionaire and wants to do that with her money, Mm -hmm. fine. Is she a drug addict? I don't, I don't think, think so. so. She never wasn't, she wasn't not a drug person? They had her on a bunch of things while performing that she said that it was really difficult because I don't yeah. like to keep her subdued. But I don't think she's, I mean, I have no idea. I mean, we'll never really know, right? But um, I don't really think she's, I think she's just regaining what control she has. Yeah. I don't remember any Britney Spears drug-related scandals no. God, we from treated- her childhood. We treated her bad. The questions that people felt empowered to ask her as like... You mean like reporters? Yeah, like there's this interview with Diane Sawyer where she talks about her losing her virginity to Justin Timberlake and how did you... Why would you cheat on him? All these things where it's like, why would we talk like that to people? Like, Mm -hmm. you would never ask about somebody's virginity. Ever. Even back then, you would have never. No. But, like, that was, like, a big talk. When I was a teen, it was, like, who's lost their virginity? Like, they would talk about that constantly with pop stars. And they'd how, to... how old was she when they were doing this? Um, that's she a great question. Couldn't have been very question. old. No, she's um, Diane Sawyer. I can't remember. How old is Britney Spears now? Does anybody know? I'm thinking she's, like, 36, that's maybe. That's about right, I would think. 36, maybe she's my age, 37. 41. She's really? 41? Yep. Holy God. To be fair, that kind of helps her given, like, all that sheltering and stuff. Like, it has, done, it, it has not done her any favors, like, appearance-wise. No. Oh, really? Yeah, like, if you would have said, like, 33, I would have been like, ooh, that's rough. That's a rough-looking 33-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> kind of negative. She well, does this thing where, and again, this is very, like, teenager. She has the makeup on from the day before, and it's like layered underneath from, you know, getting kind of wiped off. So under her eyes, because she does like the thick eyeliner. Yeah, it looks and like then kind of crying. bleeds a little bit because she slept on it. And it's very like that is a teenager mood if mood move if I've ever seen it. So the old man's totally out of the picture now? Yeah, he's yeah, absolutely. Jamie Spears. James Jamie, Jamie Lynn, her sister. Her Zoe sister. The, the the dad's mm. name's Jamie. Oh. Oh. Oh, it is? Wait, what? Yeah. I yeah. thought that was her sister. It's Jamie Lee is her sister. Jamie oh, Lynn. Jamie, Jamie Lynn. Lynn. Yeah, thank you. Um, and then Jamie Spears is the dad. But he's out of the picture. He doesn't even live with them anymore. Uh, I'm just double checking if that's that's yeah he yeah she she doesn't support him at all anymore. And then all these backlash about the money and where it was spent and all this thing. Does she perform any longer? She doesn't. I didn't think so. She doesn't doesn't have the residency in Vegas anymore? She had that, and then she pretty much was doing that while under the... um, Conservatorship. Conservatorship, and now she doesn't do any performing. She doesn't want to do performing right now at all. Does she have a lot of money still? Yeah. Or did he piss it all away? No, she has a lot of money, and then there's a lot of talk about, like, what if they have to pay any of that back? Because she had almost the whole family on her payroll. Gee, I never heard of that before. Oh, you little workhorse. Are, are you in a conservatorship, too? <laughs> I'm sorry, what's I should be. I love that, too, because, like, it's really funny, because whose idea was it? We should all do a podcast. It was my idea. Yeah. I'm not saying it was a bad thing. I just said that was my life, too. You're just, like, looking in a goddamn mirror, you and Britney Spears. I, I just don't understand. I try to make a positive <laughs> comment, and you guys rip me to shreds. Can you dance around half-naked with knives for us? Yes, that'd be a great idea. What a great plan. She's a slave for you. What is that? Britney Spears. Oh, it is one of her songs. Mm-hmm. Yep. I don't know. What was her biggest hit? Baby One More Time. Yeah. Oops, oh, I yeah. Hit Me Baby One More Time. Yeah. Um, Oops. Oh, yeah. Toxic. Toxic, toxic was pretty oh, big. Oh, Toxic. Didn't she have a uh, Christmas album that was a big deal, too? Um, I'm sure. I, I mean, feel like she did. Yeah. Britney Spears. She had Circus. She had... Um, God, she's had so many good songs. Oh, my God. Speaking of Christmas songs, I heard the wildest Christmas song yesterday. All right. Bring um, it. I, I, it's a, it, I can't play the full thing here because of copyright, and frankly, it's just oh, too Jesus. long. But it's called Old Fashioned Christmas. Mm-hmm. I think it's by, like, Linda Bennett. Look it up on your own time and just listen through it. It is what a roller coaster. <laughs> like, 
And don't, if you look it up on YouTube, it's on YouTube. Don't look at the comments because it's going to spoil it for you. Old timey Christmas. Old fashioned. Old fashioned. Old fashioned Christmas. But I think it's by Linda Bennett, like in parentheses, like dad's coming home or like daddy's coming home or something like that. The way that you're describing this is like the way that I uh, felt about the song that Reba McIntyre made about her daughter prostituting. Huh. What? There is a song that's like, uh, oh my God, I can't believe I can't forget it. Reba. She talks about her daughter, Fancy. The, the song's called Fancy. And my husband was singing it, and I was like, that's not a real song. And he's like, yeah, it is. And the whole song premise is this woman has this girl named Fancy, and she needs she got her a special dress so she can go prostitute to more expensive men. It was wild. It's a wild ride. If you ever get a chance to listen to Fancy by Reba McIntyre. Was that a true story? I hope not. Jesus. Mama washed and combed and curled my hair. She painted my eyes and lips. Then I stepped into a satin dancing dress and I split the side clean to my hips. And then it's like the whole thing is like, fancy don't let me down. Oh, that song? I've heard that song. I'm familiar with that one. But And to add on to AJ's weird Christmas song list, <clears throat> you're familiar with the Yin Yang Twins, Tom? No. Not surprised. Are you, Brittany? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's a rap group from the South. I will not listen to that shit. That's the worst music ever invented. <laughs> okay. Well, that, we'll Other that. than California We'll table love. that for another day. Um, anyway, the Yin Yang Twins, who are this very raspy voice rap group, made a Christmas album. Yeah. And it sounds exactly like you would think it would, but the opening line in one of their songs is like, ho, 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 ho. Oh, God. <laughs> See, why would I hate that music? Yeah, why? Why would I not you, love that? Do you ever want to laugh? Look up the Christmas album by the Yin Yang Twins. It's so hilarious. it is Yin Yang, though. Yes. So they say it right. Most people don't understand. It's not Yin Yang, it's Yin Yang. Oh, well, they spell it Ying and Yang. Oh, they Y-N-G. do. That's wrong. Yeah. Well, what a shock that it's wrong. Shocking. Shocking. Shocking, man. But they didn't do their research. But yeah, listen to their Christmas album because it'll—it's the worst music you'll ever hear, but it's hilarious. Actually, I like two rap songs. I like California Love because it's all about being proud to be in mm-hmm. California, which yeah. is a nice, positive song. But the very, very first rap song, "Rapper's Delight," I still love that song. You're expanding because you used to say you only liked California Love, and now you're also saying "Rapper's Delight." But I remember "Rapper's Delight" because he go and the chicken it's tastes like wood. wood. It tastes like wood. Sorry. And don't sing over me ever again. That we doing something. As long as we're, we're harmonizing. doing something together. We're harmonizing. Yeah. Are you mentally ill? I thought we were going to harmonize her. Honest to God. Should we call an ambulance? What do you think? Haul her off to the nut house? All right, I'm going to do a note. <laughs> You're going to do a note? This will be your Christmas gift to me. Ready? Good job, boy. Oh, Thomas God. Bernard! Okay, why don't I do a note? See if you can do it. You ready? Yeah, diaper, because you're being a wait, baby. Are we, wait, are we oh, harmonizing? Are we harmonizing, or are we trying to match you? I'm not doing it. Forget it. How the hell did this show get so far off the rails? For Christ's sake! And the chicken tastes like wood. Taste. I know. Not smell. I was trying to get you happy again. I am happy. You want a diaper, baby? <laughs> why did why did I ever get back in this business? I was free and clear all of January and February, and then I was stupid enough to get back in business. What the hell was I thinking? You know what I mean? I don't. Mm-hmm. I do. We just. I was two days from retiring, and they pulled me. And back. they pululled me back in. Just when I think I'm out, they pull oh, me right okay, back you know, in. We we should set a bed up. Okay. Okay. Because I'm gonna uh, in about a week. I'll be doing the show remotely for a while. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you think I'll ever come back in studio? Yeah. I don't. Depends on how bad you want to like hit one of us. <laughs> I just true. come back and start choking people. <laughs> the threats yeah. are a little less scary when they're not in person. I will say that. Well, see, I would. I did not. I don't know if people know that, but I did not do the KQ Morning Show from the studio for like 25 years. But here's the thing, the vibe's different, for sure. The vibe is very different here. Um, I don't know if you'll come back. I hope you come back. I love being in a room with you. Nice try. I have the option to be at home all the time. Like, you and Amy have told me, but I... You're going to fire you? (laughs) She has the option of being at home. Stay home all the time. (laughs) No, I have the option to to, uh, broadcast and not drive in, but I I like being here with you. If I didn't want to be here with you, I wouldn't. 
Oh, really? You're that big a deal, are you? No. Oh, my God, no. <laughs> I just mean I'm not an essential worker. But, like, I can for sure... I like I like coming in. I like hanging out right. with you. I like being in a room with you. I know you're having a trouble taking this compliment, is why you're lashing out at me. <laughs> Get away I, from me. I enjoy being around you. You make me laugh. I've known you since you were 17. I love. I honestly, I have a blast. So if you don't want to come do. in, I'll come to your house. Fine. It's just oh, you and goodness. Tom doing the show remotely from yeah, Florida. Shouldn't that be just wonderful? Catherine will let me in. Oh, Catherine loves you. Uh, My whole family loves you. You gonna, know that. I'm going to ask probably at some I'll bring some eggs, ask her to throw them on the stove. Right, I just made a statement. I have to run somebody. When I said, My whole family loves you, would that include me? Yeah, I know you God. love me. God, so that I just lied to our listeners. It's terrible. Let's, come on, let's harmonize. <laughs> yeah, a little harmonizing. Let's get that <laughs> harmonizing going, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we got to take a break. When we come back, I'm gonna find out what's. There's got to be something good going on in the news, don't you think? Yeah, we got a good guest too coming up. We do have a good guest. That's at nine thirty. Yeah. Okay. I just wanted to make sure I got that right. So it's not nine twenty. It's nine thirty. Yep. All right. Works for me. Ladies and gentlemen, Tom here and I just read a success story from MN Fat Loss client Elizabeth, who just completed the program. Elizabeth writes, I am a 54-year-old woman who has struggled with losing weight. I had almost consistent heartburn, trouble sleeping, and brain fog. I tried counting calories, eating bars and shakes, and several other programs in which I would lose 5 to 10 pounds after months of struggling only to gain it right back. After 60 days of the MN Fat Loss program, I was down 25 pounds. MN Fat Loss had really empowered me to believe that I can control my eating and my weight without having to sacrifice foods that I like. Let me assure you that the short 60 days is totally worth it. If you're thinking about finally committing to improving your health, this is the time to start. You will not regret your investment in yourself. Great job, Elizabeth. So happy to hear about And by the way, I've said this before, but I'll say it again. I am not going to say I'm happy for someone unless I am. Yeah. I don't do that. Get it, Elizabeth. So, yes, I'm so happy to hear about your success. Sorry you're ready to lose weight and feel better. Go to mnfatloss.com. Schedule a free phone consultation. It's so easy to see if MN Fat Loss is a good fit for you. They offer a free phone consultation to learn about the program. You don't have to take time off of work or get a babysitter for the kids. It's as easy as getting on a quick call with the expert staff you can share your goals, learn about the program, and see if it is a good fit to help you lose weight and feel better. They also have virtual options to help you if you live far away. To schedule that free phone consultation, go to mnfatloss.com. The only thing you have to lose is that unwanted weight. That's www.mnfatloss.com. I can't wait to hear about your success story. This is Bob Sansevier, and I want to tell you about Dave Bialki from Bialki Law. Dave represented my wife, Mary, when she had a significant workplace injury. She was very happy with the job Dave did. If you have a work-related injury and have Dave represent you, I'm betting you'll be happy too. Dave is a down-to-earth guy. He grew up in northern Minnesota, rides a Harley, and worked various jobs doing concrete, electrical, plumbing, roofing, and carpentry work. Dave works for people with work-related injuries. If you work construction, or anywhere for that matter, and you're hurt or even just hurting, you should talk to Dave. Let's face it, our bodies wear out. If your body is worn out from work, if your knees or back or shoulders hurt from things you do at work, do what Mary did. Call Dave and talk to him about it at Bialki Law consultation. The number to call is 763-571-2410. That's 763-571-2410. Or visit BialkiLaw.com. That's B-I-A-L-K-E Law.com. Recently, Jim Paul of Valley Buick GMC was contacted by a company that does on-site sales. Jim was confused. Wait, they don't know anything about us. Our staff, our reputation, most importantly, our customers. Hey, pal, no problem. We do them all over the country. You know, get the manager off the roof sale, inflatable gorilla sale, and our favorite, the 13-hour sale with a giant clock that goes to 13. Urgency, baby. We bring our crew because, well, your people are, let's just say, a little uh, laid back. And the pricing? Nothing special, sport. But Jim thought, we price competitively every day. Our prices are special. We definitely don't need these guys. But sale does convey some urgency, so we made a bold decision for his fine dealerships. Announcing the Valley Buick GMC 365-day sale. And we can even extend it a couple years or so. I got the Air Dancer guy, scratch-offs, plastic keys, bubble machine, box. Valley Buick GMC in Apple Valley or Hastings or valleycardealers.com. Hurry. 
The new Tom Bernard Show is proud to have partners like Bradshaw and Bryant, MyPillow, and North American Banking Company founder, chairman, and president, Mike Bilski. I've advertised on Tom's show for years, and the reason is simple. My business is recognized because of the ads, and that recognition has created growth. What business doesn't want to grow? I highly recommend the Tom Bernard Morning Show for your advertising. Grow results for your business by partnering with the Tom Bernard Show. Visit TomBernardShow.com keyword partner. Internet service providers operate like monopolies in the regions they serve. Even worse, many ISPs log your internet activities and sell that data on to other big tech companies or advertisers. A no thank you. To prevent them from seeing my internet activity, I protect my devices with ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN is a simple app for your computer or smartphone that encrypts your network data and tunnels it through a secure VPN server, so your provider can't see any of your activity. I highly recommend ExpressVPN as the best way to hide your online activity from your ISP. Just download the app, tap one button, and you're protected. Blamo done. And ExpressVPN doesn't slow your connection. I was really worried it would have like wonky service with that app in the background, but not at all. Head on over to expressvpn.com slash Bernard. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash Bernard. And you'll get three extra months free. That's expressvpn.com slash Bernard to learn more. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show Podcast. Uh, Speaking of pickleball, I got a Sunday game going down. Just wanted you to know, I am trying to play pickleball. Oh, I thought you were gonna say there's some. It's like your tennis tournament that you're in. You have some big. I'm in show tennis off league. Or, or tennis league. Wednesday sorry. and Thursdays. I don't want to brag. Um, have you been winning? Great question. I have won my last couple matches, but I, I think it's a mental thing. I think eventually I break a little bit on in singles, and in doubles. I never know where to be in doubles. Mm-hmm. But. Um, yeah. And how competitive are the other? Are you a competitive person? Yeah. So how are the? Uh, do you have to feel like you have to hold yourself back or ramp it up more for this league? I, I go as hard as I can in everything okay. I do. Like when I play pickleball, they're like, "Okay, we're gonna warm up." And I, that's when I like. I'm like, I should show them how good I am right now. Right, and that's how I am. So I always have to gauge. Like I'll play in co-ed basketball leagues and stuff every once in a while with some friends, and I'm like, "Well, how serious do I need to take this?" Because once I start. I don't want to be the the a-hole that is taking this way too serious. Well, good luck. Good luck with that. Look at your face. There's a lot of, Oh my god. There's a lot of etiquette in tennis though. You can look like an asshole pretty easily if you don't mm-hmm. know the etiquette. Like like I have no problem saying good shot mm-hmm. when they I'm like that's a great shot and like I have I can relax in that way. Mm-hmm. But there can be people that if they want to be an asshole in tennis, you can like huff and puff and not comment on a shot and like not talk because you have to switch sides every two points. And so it's like you can come off as a, I mean, and anyone who you played with who's an asshole, everybody knows that person's an asshole. So I have a question. Hmm. I haven't watched tennis since John McEnroe retired because I really, really missed him telling everybody what a piece of crap they were. I do love it because there's <laughs> there's like an honesty to it that like it, exactly. that does not... But it's funny because, like, I think you can be aggressive, like, play very aggressively and play with all your heart. I go for every ball. But, like, you don't have – when the point's done, especially in my league, like, take it easy, Linda. Like, Oh, they still get all whipped up? Oh, for sure. They don't get paid, do they? Oh, no, we literally – we pay to play. Like, So why would you get whipped up? If you're not making any money, who cares? It's rare, but when it does happen, it's so – it feels so good to oh, win. Okay. Like, oh, okay. Oh, yeah. It's so rare. It's rare, you know what I mean? But Wait, what, for you to win? No, for them people to get oh, be okay. mean. Oh, yeah. okay. Um, so, but it feels so good if you're winning – because usually they're winning when they're getting all worked up. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I was so annoying when playing tennis in high school. You were a monster, were you? Well, I, I – I played doubles all the time because, yeah. you know, I, I wasn't in shape enough to play singles, but I had a really good backhand, so I'd play on that side of it. And me and yeah. my partner, like, I was I, – what I lacked in skill, I think I made up for in, like, mind games because I was like oh, – Did you say, are you sure? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <gasps> That's like a four-letter word in yep. tennis. You do so- that or, you know, what? like – if there, there's a play at the net, you hit it directly at them, and then you stare them down while they, like, rub it. And it's like, yep, uh, more than that. Come up to the net again. I dare you. Um, so asking somebody, are you sure? Like, if you said, hey, out when we're hitting. Oh, yeah. Okay. And I, the only thing you can say is, are you sure? 
and it always ends up not well. Like, it's pretty much saying you're a liar. You're a liar, and well, I. Why hate would you. you say that then? People. Because they're like going to turn AJ on would you. Say it? Yeah. Well, like if if somebody is getting yeah, if I'm if I have the edge and they're trying to get back at like, I can sense that they're trying to do a head game back at me, right? So they're going to call a close one out when it probably should have been in. I'll ask them, you sure about that? They'll, you know, they hesitate a little bit because they're like, I know I'm cheating. And I'll say, okay, just checking. You know, in a certain tone that they're oh, like. See all of that? Yeah, see, is right coded. There. It's the most coded. Like, and if you were watching a tennis match, you'd be like, oh, he just asked, are you sure it's out? And it's a, what it really means is. I don't trust you at mm -hmm. all. And I'm I'm with you, AJ. If like I see that and I know that it's in, I'm not going to cause a scene. But now, okay, now I see how we're playing this today. Okay, yeah. now but, we're going now we're going to turn it up a little bit. But I'd also be the guy that's like if I if I hear my buddy like down on court one playing singles, if I see him like in my changeover, he gets an overhead and he wins a point. I'm like, oh boy, Max, wait a go! Like I'm screaming so everybody hears, just like throw everybody off, and that maybe another like guy who's playing second singles, he gets thrown off his serve, and all of a sudden that's a double fault, and it helps another teammate of mine. So I'm I'm trying to help everybody at the same time. Okay, that's also assholey and to yell on the court, oh, but it's fine. I, I don't care. Tom, was there like some etiquette in weightlifting that if you didn't know better, you would screw it up? No, because there was a power room, so the real weightlifters, I mean, not people who lift weights, I'm talking about the guys who, the men and women who lifted weights to actually build muscle mass, mm -hmm. yeah. instead of just stay tight and all that. Yeah. But you did want, not want to do that in the power room. Yeah. You, you did not want to do things like that. So, like, that's like etiquette. Like, if I was just <clears> off <throat> the streets and I was like, I'm going to go in this room and do my 12 pounds in each hand, you'd, like, it's funny how people don't know that kind of, like, secret, like, code or rules the etiquette yeah i suppose that's true they yeah they don't know well you have to learn but but the number one thing about things like that is if you have to shut up and pay attention yeah i mean and don't people don't do that anymore nobody ever shuts up and pays attention anymore and no matter where it is i think people are so scared to be vulnerable too like they don't want to be the new person somewhere so they just mm -hmm. like want to quickly adapt I wonder why that is. So they, you think that people are very uncomfortable being the new person? Yes. Really? Yeah. yeah. Right. I don't know. I've seen it so many times in different sports I'm in. But really? yeah. Yeah. Like there's a vulnerability people don't want to have by saying, hey, I'm new here and I don't know the rules. Will somebody like make sure I know what the <clears throat> etiquette oh, is? Yeah. Okay. I understand that. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. It does indeed. Ladies and gentlemen, Vincent Vargas with us. His latest book, Borderline Defending the Home Front. It was, uh, came out yesterday, as a matter of fact. You've seen Vincent on FX TV series Mayans. Vincent Vargas served four years of active duty in the United States Army, including three combat deployments with the 2nd Battalion of the Elite 75th Ranger Regiment. 2009, he became a federal agent with the Department of Homeland Security. Vincent, are you ever going to achieve anything in your life? <laughs> my God. Yeah, no, no. I'm still, there's still more on my, my plate that I want to accomplish. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's probably true. You go after it, don't you? Yes, sir. <laughs> that is very, very cool. I just, uh, I'm going to, matter of fact, Vincent, by kind of a coincidence, I suppose, just the timing of the whole deal. I have not seen my brother who served uh, four and a half years during the Vietnam era in uh, my oldest brother, Terry. I have not seen him in 20 years. And to have you on today talking about the, the kind of things that, that you guys did, it's going to really, it makes me feel a lot better seeing my brother, Terry, uh, this Friday. I'm very fired up now because I get to talk to you, Vincent. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. <laughs> no, I, I do think that people understand what you guys actually put out there. And I mean, you just put it out there and it, it could have gone so badly. Do people appreciate what you've done? Uh, for the book or well, for as, you, as in just serving this country? Well, serving the country would be good, too. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know, for the book, you know, we, we've kind of split, right? I think this conversation of the border and immigration is mm -hmm. divisive because it's been politicized, right? And once you yeah. politicize something, everyone feels that they have to choose a side. And that's the hard part about the career field of Border Patrol is that now people choose a side and they believe any narrative that's put out there. And it's completely unfair to the organization. And why does that happen, do you think? Uh, this topic is complex, right? And this topic is also, there's a duality here that happens daily. Uh, there's homeland security that has to be managed, and there's also the immigration policy that is enforced. And so you have both sides of the argument uh, have, uh, you know, they have an argument, but at the same time, the, the, the truth lies right in the middle of both of those arguments. We as a country have to have 
you know, good homeland security to protect our nation. At the same time, we're America. And so we have to uphold some kind of immigration policy that allows immigration. Uh, the unfortunate part is that people, you know, are emotionally invested into a topic they know very little about. And so my goal in writing this book was hopefully to educate so we can have uh, a further discussion that hopefully improves this situation and not com- completely device, uh, becomes divisive to the nation. See, that I love the way you handle it because one of the concerns I have, and I should mention that I was, a, I, was uh, I guess, 20 years old uh, in the middle of the Vietnam era, so that's my age group right there. Vincent, I, and maybe, uh, you know, you get to this in your book, Borderline Defending the Home Front. Um, why do we have to go through periods of, you know, assassinating the president, assassinating his brother and Martin Luther King, and then things calm down and then they get worse again and everybody hates everybody. And then it calms down again. And right now we're in a period where there is so much hatred out there. Why do we want to do that, Vincent? Do you ever understood that? I don't understand it. You know, I think we have to have outliers who, who have a voice for the, the country and are able to speak on the middle ground of it with an educated tone. You know, it's too often that people are just using arguments and false narratives to push emotions. You know, this is kind of, you know, this is uh, this is digital warfare, if you will. It's information warfare. And so the only way we can combat that is have people out here like me who are putting themselves out there willing to risk everything and telling the truth about it from boots, boots on the ground, firsthand information. What drove you to do that? That's a great point you just made. What drove you to be that kind of guy? Uh, you know, I've served this country. It's just uh, I believe in God, country, and family, you know, and, and a big part of this country is trying to maintain uh, this beautiful opportunity that we have here. As a Border Patrol agent or a former Border Patrol agent, you know, I, I, I believed in the mission. And then I find myself in Hollywood uh, doing acting and being able to be a storyteller of our time. Uh, I watched the news portray uh, the career field that I respect so much and demonize them, and I felt it was unfair. Mm-hmm. And so the only thing I can think of is to, to tell my story as a border agent, boots-on-ground experience, and use my platform to hopefully spread that message across the nation. Could you talk just once more? Could you say those words again? Because when you just talked, well, you ran down to three things, and, and it was all about love of life, love of country, love of family. I love hearing that because you don't ever hear that anymore, Vincent. You have to stand on something, and that's that's my foundation in my life: is God, country, and family. So you're kind of an old-fashioned guy like me. <laughs> Same situation. Now I just love your attitude about the whole thing. You, uh, first of all, you love life. Um, whereas right now, a lot of times, oh, it's oh, this is wrong, and that's wrong, and this is horrible, and you did this, and everything's terrible. Why do people want to live their lives like that? I like it better when Vincent Vargas comes on and says, "Hey, man." I love God, country, I love my life, I love my family. We need to hear that a lot more, Vincent. Yeah, you know, I think uh, the social media side of our generation has really hurt our nation. You know, uh, likes and shares only happen through negativity and, and, you know, false narratives. You don't see a lot of likes and shares for beautiful things like love and and affection (laughs) and empathy. (laughs) I have uh, not been on social media, and I believe it's been 12 years now. I really wish it would have never been invented. I literally think it's destroying the world. It's turning people into monsters, and I don't like it. Yeah, like I said, it's information warfare. We really are. uh, It's digital information warfare, and we have to get control of it. Vincent, you're going to sit down. You're going to write a book. Your book is called Borderline Defending the Home Front. What drove you to – what sparked it? What drove you to, 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 to write the book? You know, I, I don't know if you remember recently uh, there was this this story of a Border Patrol agent on a horse whipping uh, yes. individuals or yes, the, false, the false whipping, right? And so, you know, I know the career field. I know the job. And when I saw that image, I knew exactly what was happening. You know, that's a, that's a gentleman trying to manage his horse with the reins, mm-hmm. and it was taken out of context. And people taking that out of context went so high up that even, you know, the highest of our nation, you know, leadership was, was you know, making claims towards the Border Patrol that were negative. Yes. And that hurt my feelings. That really offended me. And so that was the inspiration and the motivation to write this book, to, to be a storyteller and tell the fair story of our, of our brothers and sisters who do the most challenging job that we have in our nation on our own soil. Uh, what inspired Did you grow up in a family that, that, that thinks the way you do? 
Uh, I don't think it was as prevalent, right? My father did serve the Marines, but it was just to stay out of prison. <laughs> was, uh, <laughs> I love that. You know, it, you know it, was the, it was the era of the Vietnam era, and he got in trouble. He was kind of a, a street kid who got in trouble and decided to join the military over, over going to jail. And, uh, you know, he did raise me to believe in this country. But, you know, it's me years and, and, and also being a part of watching 9-11 happen and watching how that affected our country. And then, you know, finding myself in a position where I needed something. And so I joined the military and in the military and serving our country and doing the job of, to, you know, kill or capture terrorist organizations. That's what my job was as a ranger. And you really start to understand uh, how something out there, an effect you do out there, can actually change the narrative here in America. You can protect Americans because of what we're doing. And I started to really respect and understand uh, what this country has afforded my own family, my own heritage, my mother and my father. And so uh, I want to continue to invest in this country. I want to continue to invest in the, the country's I- ideology. Well, it's uh, land of opportunity. It must be kind of tough to be defending America. People don't want to hear that right now. <laughs> I don't understand it because I love America as much as you do, Vincent. Yeah, it's an interesting time. Uh, but, you know, I'll stand strong on my beliefs and, you know, I'll continue to use uh, the messaging uh, that we have capable to us and, you know, just be a storyteller. And hopefully, you know, that can help others, you know, stand tall on theirs. I like that. Okay, so now I'm bu- I buy Borderline defending the home front. I open up the book. How does it start? It starts with what was my inspiration for joining the Border Patrol. It talks about my father and wanting to be, make him proud, and as well as one of my non-commissioned officers who I served with in the military whose dream was to be a Border Patrol agent. And tragically, he lost his life in 2006 in Ramadi, and my goal was to hopefully live his dream for him. Really? I, what does he think of that? What does he think of it? Yeah. I mean, does My he appreciate father? it? Yeah. Does he, did he appreciate what you did? Yeah, my father does, yeah. And my friend who, who was killed in Iraq, um, yeah. you know, I, I, hope, I hope he just looks down and is proud. See, isn't that wonderful? So you're driven literally by what you say is who you are, Vincent. That's very impressive. Yes, sir. No question about that. Borderline, Defending the Home Front, the name of the book, Vincent Vargas, V-A-R-G-A-S. And let me say, uh, Mr. Vargas, thank you for your service. I really, really enjoy people like you. As I said, I'm going to go see my brother for the first time in 20 years on Friday on Marine Corps during the Vietnam era, and I can't wait to see him. It's been a long, long time. It's been way too long, Vincent. So you fired me up even more for seeing him because he's a lot like you, I will tell you that, Vincent. Well, thank you, and let him know I said thank you for his service. Thank you, sir. Have a good day. You too, sir. Bye. Vincent Vargas, how great is that? Yeah. I love that stuff. He's a medic. He's a, and I was a medic, and he's got a lot of the same. He doesn't get shaken up very easily, you can tell. Yeah, I looked at the picture. I probably wouldn't want to slug it out with him. i got to be honest. Mm, No, he can handle himself. Kind of looks like he can handle himself. Yeah. There's a picture of him screaming, and I don't know what he's screaming at or anything like that. See, look at that picture. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's screaming like, God, that's me behind the wheel of my car. That's right honestly, there. it's funny because I've seen so many photos like that uh, of people taking photos in the back of the truck, selfies, where they're like, and you're like, you're taking a selfie right now at the right. end of the day. like. Right. Well, in my mind, there was some press reporter that happened to be walking by and, you know, nope. snapped a quick photo. Looks like he's in a truck. And he didn't whipped out the selfie stick. <laughs> what do you? Where do you think we're headed with all this? There, there's not a lot of guys like Vincent out there right now. Do you think? I don't know. Um, you know, I think that's a great question. Is there? I think people really do feel like to stand in their truth, and I hope that they, everybody does. Like I, I think that's the only thing we get. We get anything done is if everybody stands in their truths. Why do we need to go through periods? Because it doesn't last forever, but sometimes it lasts up to, you know, 10, 15, 20 years. Why do we, and it's not just this country, it's the entire world. We have to go through periods where we just hate everything and everyone. What causes that? That's a great question. And I also think it's where you're looking 
Like, it's funny how... You mean like watching television? Yeah. (laughs) I wouldn't recommend it. Watching the news, not a good idea. I would never recommend it. I understand that. I'll pick and choose when I want to be inundated with somebody else's ideas. Um, I, I think... It's funny with stages of your life. In my 20s, I did think, we go, hey, we have to have the good fight. We got to whatever. Yeah, Everything has yeah. to be. And now I'm in my late 30s, and it's like, I'm I'm fine. I don't need everyone to know my opinion all the time, always. I I'm, mm-hmm. I feel like I want to learn other people's. I, just, it's, I don't feel the fight in me like I did in my 20s. And I think there's mm-hmm. a reason we have our 20s to do that like it's called I, brain development exactly no it is absolutely. and you're you're constantly taking on more information like when you're in high school or, or your early 20s everything that happens well this is the first war that i've been a part of this is the worst thing ever yeah. and then you go oh wait no this is something that's been going on so the older you mm-hmm. get you just are aware of more things going on so every little thing that happens doesn't necessarily feel like the end of the world anymore man as a kid it blows your mind when you find out about people being excluded for different things and you just think i'm gonna be the generation that fixes this i'm gonna Mm -hmm. whatever and it's beautiful like you have the starry-eyed concepts that you think that can push through but it's also exhausting (laughs) it's give up because it's never gonna work it's never gonna work that's the problem with it but yeah i'm glad i'm glad there's another generation that comes up and gets that fight in them and i'm Unfortunately, like, I don't always know where it's going to go, but it's like part of the age and development. We always look back and we think this is way more chaotic. Like everyone, every generation, I'm sure your older generation, when you, you were listening to the Beatles, were like, how dare you listen to that naughty music? Like there's always, the older generation always thinks the younger generation is more chaotic, more insane. I suppose, but, but it has changed quite a bit mm-hmm. because oh, yeah. of social media. Yeah which I literally think they didn't need to get rid of. It's destroying the world. Uh, everybody knows what you're thinking now, whereas they didn't used to know that. But I do think, like, the younger generation is using social media differently. Oh. Mm-hmm. I think that your generation has taken up social media, and my generation as well, and feeling very obligated to tell everyone everything. And I think the younger generation doesn't feel that way. I feel like they use it sporadically and more of, like a supplemental aspect of their life, not their whole life. I think the people who post the most right now are in their 40s and above that they're posting. Why are you writing a whole paragraph about what you saw, what you feel, what you every mm-hmm. day? Oh, it's this. Minneapolis is that or this is this. And I'm not, even, not right. even picking a side. But man, my 40 year olds and my social feeds are unhinged. Oh, yeah. The older generations definitely use social media, especially Facebook is the major one where it's this is my time to go on my rant about X, Y, Z. See, I don't know that because I haven't been on it literally in 12 years. You're you're doing the right thing. I I have no use for that at all. I I keep it so surface level. I'm not going to engage in anything. You're never going to catch me on Facebook going on and on about much. I mean, the most I'll talk about, like, actual things is i like to say my sober birthday i always post about that but not like you should get sober it's like hey i'm celebrating you know 13 years or whatever (laughs) and speaking of linda um (laughs) uh, but like so you've been packing the bottle here pretty heavy (laughs) linda look at me i'm an example she just spends her whole day of like going through and finding people's pictures of them them partying and being like I remember when I used to drink, like, <laughs> you should be sober people, like me. Yeah. Like, that's... I mean, it, this is like, you know, I would, it seems really obvious now, but people do things like that. Mm-hmm. People, it's like on a crazy level. People will tell you what kind of dog you should and shouldn't have. People will tell oh, you what kind of clothes you should and shouldn't wear. Mm-hmm. And I don't have that empowerment in me. And I definitely don't have that empowerment in me with like a Facebook friend. I mean, it's just not that deep. It's you know, those surface are, level. Those are control issues. Absolutely. Somebody is doing so. You, they don't want you having pets anymore. They don't want you being happy anymore. And yeah. projecting. They really don't. Yeah. But yeah. I got, true. I got in trouble. Well, not in trouble, but somebody commented once because I posted this years ago. I had Fairlife chocolate milk, and it was like to my story. I love Fairlife chocolate milk. Mm-hmm. Very hot That's take. It. Good. And it was because it's delicious. <laughs> Good follow if anyone so, wants to follow Tevin. Well, no. And anyway, the. The, like, two seconds later, somebody messaged me, they treat their cows really terribly. You shouldn't be drinking that milk. Oh, see, that's why I don't go on social. There you go. But you had to write back, 
They didn't say good life. It said fair life. Fair life. Yeah, it's an adequate life, <laughs> these cows just adequate live. life. Yeah. Ooh, I like adequate yeah, life yeah. chocolate oh. milk. That'd I, be good. I randomly Jesus. filmed like a really hyper Frenchie at the mall, and I was like, it was like a service dog, and I wrote something silly like, yeah, okay. And people came at me, you can't film a service dog? And it made me just laugh, where I was like, it's still a dog at the end of the day. Like, yeah. I wasn't, the person's not in it. It's just like a silly flash in the pan. And I just had to laugh where I was like, you're pretending to be offended right now right. that I filmed a dog in a mall. Like, mm-hmm. you can't film a service. Okay. You're being like, offended for a dog, homie. Let's relax. Like, right. it like, was a Frenchie that was very naughty, not behave. It wasn't like I was like, and all, like, it just blows my mind what people take on. And that people were like, well, my, you know, this person has a service dog in my life and you can't film. I was like, bitch, you don't think I have people in my life that have service dogs? Like, I I was in the military. Like, right. it's just not that deep. Yeah. I, I'm not going to pretend to now take this on for you, right. ma'am. And when I started filming this Frenchie, it's not like it now walked its person into traffic. Like, everything is okay. It was like half of like hallway down and it was just so funny where I feel and of course I could have deleted it but I was like I don't care Mm -hmm. I don't care it's just not that deep well I have a question for you because you said the younger people now don't use it the same way correct what are they looking at because they're always looking at their phone they really like like so the big thing is like snapchat is huge um when I hang out with teenagers and they look at social media but they don't post like they don't write a lot. They do a lot of pictures. I, if I can, I, there's some people that I know that watch like Fox or CNN or a, a news mm-hmm. station yeah. all day. They that, do really. Some some people do. They drive me nuts. I if mean, I did hey, that. that's why there's 24 hour news channels. Yeah, you know? you're right. This is how like I get my. This is how I find out what's going on throughout the day. And so there's mm-hmm. all. It seems like every hour something is happening. And also like Brittany said, like that's how I communicate with my friends too. Like I. Why don't you call them? You well, know, frankly, our conversations are just not. Some of the some of the conversations are not as like important to where I feel like a call is warranted. Correct. You know? really? There's, and that's something that I think a lot of people need to understand before you pick up the phone and call. Like, is this textable? Like, don't call just to oh ask a yes or no question. Like, you can text and get the same. And I fall on bo- maybe because I am a little bit older than you guys. Is that like I fall on both sides? If a two-second or a one-minute call can solve this back and forth via text, I want that call to happen. Like, I don't want I don't want to be texting all day over something. So it's like I fall on both sides where I go, if it's the other day somebody called me and I found out that we were trying to schedule a call. In the end, they just wanted somebody's phone number. And I right. said, you could have just asked. I would have sent it to you, no problem. But we're right. scheduling a phone call for this. But at the same time, if it's a complex issue, I want to do the call. I don't want to text back and forth all day. Right. Or I guess or if we are on the phone, then unless we're best buds, we don't have to indulge in, like, the small talk, how's your day going, tell me what you want, and then get <laughs> off my phone. Really? Yeah. I don't, need, I don't need to have some superficial conversation about, my life or your life if I know that you're not really interested. Oh, no, I understand that. It just amazes me, though, that people, all the people that are in the business of talking don't want to talk. That's very weird. Maybe, yeah, maybe it's at the end of the day. But I love talking on the phone. I love, yeah. I love figuring things out. And, like, I'm a multitasker, too, so, like, sometimes you'll catch me on walks and stuff mm-hmm. on the phone. Mm-hmm. But, um... Yeah, like, when I call the to like catch up with my grandma, I I would love the conversation. I want yeah. I want yeah, the right. talk. Tell yeah. me tell <laughs> me like, about the groceries that you got and how like the, how much snow did you get? Mm-hmm. But yeah, if it's like an objective call, if the if there's an end goal to your call rather than just like yeah yes you know hey we should gra- like if it doesn't end with hey you know we should catch up and grab dinner and then blah blah blah. If it's a hey you know what time is this? Let's you know let's work around this whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and plus, you know, my, the time that I want to talk maybe is not the perfect timing for somebody else to want to talk. Maybe yeah. they're in the middle of something. Like, Brittany might be feeding Go-Go or something. And so well, if then I don't I, answer your yeah. phone. If I think she's too nice if she saw my caller ID, though. If I she's saw not AJ, that nice. Where did you get that idea? If I saw AJ call and I was with Go-Go. She totally ignored that. I'm super she's nice. Got, she, she's on this path. 
I'm waiting. You're a disaster. If I saw AJ call and I was with Gogo, usually what I do is I text back saying, I'll call you when I get her down for a nap. No, which is great. Like, yeah. because then if somebody's calling me, I don't, like, I will call them back. Like, always. Because if it warranted a call in their mind, then I answer. It just seems to me that people who talk for a living would like to talk more than text. I, when you call me, I answer. That's once a year, though. Yeah, but that once a year is the most glorious <laughs> time of my life. I it's say, glorious. shut up, everybody. Tom's on the horn. No, and I'm not criticizing anyone. When you live your life, it's that's the one thing I really wish that everybody would do. Yeah. Is, why don't you let me live my life and you live your life, I won't criticize you. I can have questions about why would you rather text and talk. Mm-hmm. doesn't mean I think you're an idiot for doing it. I'm just trying to find why would you, because I would never do that. Well, and there's a lot of people that won't answer their phones, too, if it's they know it's work-related. Yeah. And it's oh, like, yeah. oh, you're calling me at 7 o'clock at night. I will get to you when I'm at yeah. work. And yeah. I think that's important. I think that's important to have those boundaries. Like, I, uh, I mean, it's rare anybody calls me after 6 or 7, but I think it's important to keep that in mind is that we have such blurred boundary lines and you have to have some areas mm-hmm. to yourself. Like, Oh, I understand all of that. You don't have to answer your phone. No. Yeah. I mean, that's the good part of it. It, it, it. If somebody calls you don't want to talk to right now, you don't have to answer. Yeah. Or I'll have, do you have friends or anybody that will call when they're bored? No, nah, I mean, that's like, not good. Oh, I was just bored. So call to see what you're doing. Well, I'm not bored. <laughs> so, you you're bored, but I'm not. Like, as I'm soon not as my sister or my mom or I get in the car, I, we call one oh, of each other. Oh, you're, uh, you're my worst. You're the worst person. <laughs> but that's worst we enemy? Talk, we talk every day. Like almost every day I talk to either my mom or my sister. Mm-hmm. And it's always, because I you know, drive takes me 20 minutes. So it's like I could catch up. And I, God bless my sister because she works from home and answers all the time. And she's busy. Like, she actually has a real job. So it's like, God bless her. You know, I'll give me an example because we've got to go to break here. We're, we're not running behind because it's not that, it's not a solid deal. But I, I would hate texting Catherine. I have to once in a while, but I would much rather talk to her. Does that make sense? Yeah, me yeah. and Justin have like a 50-50. Yeah, 50-50. Mm. Yeah, Mine's about a 95-5. <laughs> I'd <laughs> much rather talk to her than text her. But you guys see each other a lot. You're around each other a lot. How yeah, often true. are you calling her? Not that often. No. No, because we're all mm. together. Yeah. That is, is good. You know, I just, I, look, and again, I, I ask these questions because from generation to generation, things do change. I know that if I text you, Unless I attach Catherine to it, which sometimes I do, like if it's mm-hmm. so funny that I want you both to see it, I know that I'm not gonna, I'm most likely not gonna get a text back. I hate texting. I but just you'll read, I've seen you do this. You read it and you go, huh, and you set your phone down. So I don't take that mm-hmm. offense at all. And if I really need to get a hold of you, I call you because yeah, you, call you, me, yeah. you always call me back. Yeah, I mean, I like talking. I've been talking since I was about. Maybe six months old. <laughs> Don't you get burnt out because you do this four hours a day every no, day? No, never. I could literally talk all day long, 24 hours a day. I believe you. I do. I love talking. Just you learn things. The other part of it is, I think the way I was, the way I grew up, I need emotion in my communication. I can't have it just flat out letters. There's yeah. no emotion in that, mm-hmm. and I don't like it. Not the way I text. Yeah, you put some emojis oh, in off. there. And... Oh, God, yeah. that's even worse. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God, I hate emojis. Yeah, it, it's a. Uh, I, I sometimes get in my car after a long day of if I do on-air stuff, and I don't don't turn the radio on, I sit in silence, and I don't want to call or talk to anyone. Yep. I understand that. I have a bandwidth. Like, I have a point of no return. Oh, but you yeah. don't seem like you ever have a point of, that you could that you would stop. No, I love I love this. Well, but yesterday, a friend of mine uh, had to, I don't want to talk about this on the show, but she had to go out of town to help her mother with something, mm-hmm. and it was not appropriate for me to call her, so I texted her. Yeah. Because I just, you know, wishing her well. I hope everything goes well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh because she's busy. There's a time. And I do understand there's a time if when you're busy, you don't want to call them. You want to text them. I yeah. understand that. Mm-hmm. And I got no problem with that at all. But I just, it's just too emotionless for me. It's yeah. just, I like, I'm a big emotion guy, I guess. Yeah. I suppose. We do have to take a break here, don't we? My God. We do. Hell of a conversation, though. I liked it. We'll me be right too. back. This is the Tom Bernard Show. 
In a world that's racing a mile a minute, a split-second distraction can change everything. I'm Mike Bryant from Bradshaw and Bryant. Every day we see too many people, heads buried in their phones, unaware of the dangers they're in. Texting and driving isn't just reckless, it's playing Russian roulette with your life and the lives of others. In just four seconds of distraction, you've driven the length of a football field. Is there any text message that's worth your life, that's worth the lives of others? I've been fighting for the rights of the injured for over 30 years, but I'd rather you never meet me in a courtroom. So hear me now, stop texting and driving. Pay attention. Value your lives and the lives around you. And if you won't, know this, at Bradshaw and Bryant, we're relentless. We won't back down. We bring justice to those that need it. Find Bradshaw and Bryant, personal injury attorneys at minnesotapersonalinjury.com. With Mike Bryant on your side, seeking justice for the injured. Bradshaw and Bryant. Hello, I'm Brad Huckle, President and Chief Lending Officer at North American Banking Company. And I'm Michael Bilski, CEO at North American Banking Company. As a locally owned and operated community bank, we work with many multi-generational businesses. Take Personal Care Dentistry of Roseville, for example. Dr. Walter Hunt, also known as Painless to me, has been a longtime customer of the bank since we opened the bank in 1998. When his son Kyle was ready to join the practice, they wanted to expand quickly. With their additional space and equipment, they now are able to see more patients each day while providing the same level of care and service. Okay, guys, I'll take it from here. If you run a family business or any kind of business for that matter, you should be banking with Brad and Mike over at North American Banking Company. Every time I deal with them or their team, I know I'm working with experienced professional bankers. So why not bank with my banker? North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, equal housing lender. You need to know a guy for your auto repairs, legal issues, banking, and more. The same goes for investment advice. You need a guy to help you be successful, someone you can trust who gets results. Well, I got a guy for you, Josh Arnold. Josh gives you straight talk, not sugar-coated advice about your financial situation. Josh has seen it all when it comes to economic and market conditions, and Josh can make sure that your retirement objectives match your investments. Do yourself a favor and call Josh now for a no-obligation, 48-minute evaluation. You've got nothing to lose, and you'll get a different point of view for your investments. Call Josh at 952-925-5608. That is 952-925-5608. You'll be glad that you did. And tell him his, his guy, Tom, sent you. Investment services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a security investment advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. All comments and opinions are Josh Arnold's and do not constitute investment advice. Tom Bernard is a paid endorser.